Can you say hard hats, folks? Hard hats, lunch pail, steel to boots? Anything short of a championship this year is a failure. Look real. at this boomer right here. You've just got so much talent here. Somebody said we need to apologize for Jalen. Can I call the John? What are we apologizing for? What did we say? What did we do? <laughs> Uh, 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 what up world? It's Jimmy Toscano and the real Bobby Manning. What's going on, Bobby? What's up? Happy New Year, Jimmy. Happy New Year to you, sir. Glad to see you survived it from New York. Um, I survived it here in Boston. The Celtics did not survive Oklahoma City tonight, falling to the Thunder. The, I would say, title contending Thunder, 127 to 123 behind a uh, hell of a performance um, from uh, SGA himself. Uh, we'll get into we'll get into the thunder I'm sure uh, just their their quick turnaround to the, the team that they are today but obviously with with Giddy and and home and uh, Chet Holmgren uh, hitting some shots big shots tonight the thunder were too much for the Celtics team that just didn't quite bring it on the defensive side of things uh, certainly not for four quarters. Um, and then it was the classic tail, Bobby, of, of teams of, of the past. Too little, too late. They, they, they clamp down on one end. They start to score uh, in bunches on the other. I think they went on. I saw the graphic on, on TV. It said, it said 27-1 at one point to, to come within a few points. 27-11. So and I up think being, at its biggest, it got to 29-13 to get within two. So, yeah. 27-11? Yeah. Maybe I saw the wrong thing, but – that makes more sense because they were down what, like twenty ish, eighteen or whatever. Yeah, and then um, making that comeback late in the fourth there behind uh, some good Pritchard minutes. Um, Tatum did a couple of things good, but again, uh, it's it's so Jekyll and Hyde with him right now. Um, I thought it was a quiet performance from Jalen Brown, who found some foul, foul trouble early on in the game and just never got going at all. This was supposed to be a good matchup for him. Uh, really, your only bright spot, well. Pritchard aside, I thought your real your real bright spot obviously was this was in uh, Porzingis. But again, you can't talk about Porzingis without talking about the toe on the line that really came back uh, to hurt the team. As what did you say? Didn't get a great look at it. I didn't think the broadcast did a great job of really zooming in and letting us really get a see, really get a look. But uh, it did seem that it was it was too close for them to overturn. Certainly, and yeah. um, you know, like. Porzingis, you had you had a parking lot to to work with. You were wide open. I mean, he's got those long legs. You got to get just a just a, a bonehead mistake. I'm sure he's kicking himself about it. But yeah, that was huge because that would have turned it into uh, a one point uh, possession or one possession yeah, one point game, game there. with a timeout. So yeah, no matter what the unless the Thunder hit a three the other way, right. you would have been. In so I'll, I'll yeah I'll let I'll let you talk for a minute here, Bob. Just your thoughts on just the way the game sort of finished up for them. Well, I knew. I think everybody knew this was going to be a tough one for the Celtics. They gave up 150 and just got blown away in this building last year. They gave up 127 tonight to this uh, team that just plays at a frenetic pace. An MVP candidate, frankly, and Shea Gilders Alexander was that good tonight, able mm-hmm. to just get a shot off against anybody. Uh, but you look at some of the uh, decision making in terms of just the uh, coaching in this game. They go to. Peyton Pritchard late over Drew Holiday, yeah, feeling the need to get something different at the guard mm-hmm. position there, which is, of course, interesting. And Pritchard was really good. Uh, Holiday early got the Shea assignment and uh, just got blown by routinely, not to say that other guys wouldn't have in that spot. But I did think that they were put a little bit more size on Shea 
in this game. And that's what they did late with Tatum. So they did some things late in this game in terms of Pritchard's usage and Tatum guarding Shea that uh, if they got to a little earlier, might have gotten them going uh, earlier in this game. So it was good that Joe put them in a position to come back here, but probably slow to react to the way things were going earlier in this game. I thought too late, whatever they did to force more turnovers really worked too. I mean, they were just turning over Oklahoma possession after possession mm-hmm. uh, in that fourth quarter. And that's something that they've struggled. To it was just ball pressure. Yeah. And, you know, it's as simple as that, Jimmy. Like, we've asked Joe throughout the year, why aren't you forcing more turnovers? And he's like, you know, you can do stuff, but you can't you can't make the other team turn it over. Like, they have to do it. And, you know, he's just kind of chalked it up to happenstance that the Celtics don't rank very high in turnovers. But that was something that happened last year, too. So I think in terms of the way they're playing defense, it's a little bit more than just bad luck, the reason that they don't rank very high in assists here, in forced turnovers here. So uh, the Thunder killed them in pace. It took the Celtics like a quarter and a half to score a fast break bucket. Uh, Once Porzingis got those back-to-back blocks in the second that sent Brown out, they finally got on the board there. Uh, So the Thunder looked more athletic. They looked more explosive overall. You had more guys who were able to get shots off on their own in this game. Jalen Williams killed them. Chet killed them at times. And then, of course, Shea was the uh, leader of the team tonight uh, in everything they did out there. Giddy, too. It's a it's a really good team. So I don't think the world's ending with this loss. But you wouldn't you don't like going down 18, being the best team in the league. We're going to bring in Joe Sway Pavone into the What's building. Up, What's up, guys? Joe Sway? How you doing, dude? How are we feeling about this game? Um, we're feeling not mixed. great. Yeah, we're not. We're not <laughs> mixed feeling reviews. Good. The, the chat mixed is reviews. largely disappointed. I would say a lot of a lot of people are saying the Thunder are the better team. A couple of people in here saying, "Well, here's one from Kieran. Good loss overall." Uh, which I don't think, I don't think good loss is is, is ever something you want to say. But, um, <laughs> it's tough to say that this year. You don't have to act oh, like man, the world's imagine, ending. Imagine if, if yeah. you aligned a question with that, Bobby, to Joe Mazzula, he would not like that. No, absolutely not. I mean, there are some players tonight that really didn't step up to the plate. So, so Joe Sway, I'll let you sort of run with it here. You know, me and Bobby have been able to make a couple initial takes, but just your thoughts on maybe, you know, we talked a lot about the ending, but I mean, th- this game from start to finish, you know, what what kind of stood out to you and what happened, I guess, for the Celtics to go down as big as they did there in that fourth quarter? Well, what happened was SGA went off. Uh, the, the Celtics, I mean, the, the Thunder did a really good job just taking away everything, in my opinion, from Jalen. And Jalen went back to chucking three-pointers and trying to not – put the team on his back, but trying to get himself going. And it just wasn't working. I thought they did a really good job defending the wings. Uh, took Tatum a little bit to get going. But to me, it really came down to the other guys, you know, uh, Jalen Williams, you know, just guys who could create off the dribble. Even Josh Giddy got going in, in certain spurts, you know, Lou Dort as well. I just did, I thought the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder did a really good job of just, just being more aggressive. You know, a lot of the times I feel like the Celtics – just gave away too much space, whether it was against SGA, whether it was against Chet. You know, I thought the guys got really comfortable out there. You know, it's interesting, Bobby. I caught the tail end of what you were saying about Joe Mazzulla enforcing turnovers. And I think that's pretty much it when you're talking about what's missing. You know, I just feel like they weren't taking away enough space. They weren't in these guys' faces until it mattered most, you know, in that fourth quarter where they went onto that run and, you know, 16 to three run. It was too little, too late. But that clock was was rolling. A lot of that had to do with the with the Oklahoma City Thunder being able to not only, you know, build on that lead, but building that momentum with guys like SGA and Chet Holmgren on the on the bench. You know, to start that fourth quarter, it's the way they got point. out. You know, I was happy for Joe Mazzulla to call that timeout as early as he did, but then 
they, they win again, right? The Oklahoma City Thunder. And you got to give all the props in the world, of course, to Derek White, because without him, this thing is not even a game in those last couple of minutes. You know, oh, yeah. the, the defensive stops, the threes, you know, uh, just, just getting the guys going. You know, the, the back-to-back threes essentially is what really woke up the team, in my opinion. And, and, you know, Tatum tried to do a little bit too. You know, I thought that he was very patient and trying to uh, get his offense going. But then Kristaps Porzingis at the end, you know, misses the layup where, you know, he could have got the three-point play opportunity. But then all that is when – that's what happens when you're when you're just flat-out beat by a team that just had your number tonight. You know, that's the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know. You're going to point to those last couple of moments in the in the final minute or final two minutes. But at the end of the day, I mean, OKC deserved this one. And you want to see the Celtics go out there and steal one or at least force overtime in that last minute. But – you know, Jalen misses a free throw. You know, those little things, the little mistakes, is what is what really did them in at the at the very end. But let's face it; I mean, the, these guys didn't didn't really deserve to win this game if you if you think about it. Seven yeah. losses this year, Jimmy. I feel like this is the third probably that was decided early. So they haven't had many games like this, and it's going to go down as a clutch loss, right? Because they lost by four late. But yeah, I was going to say because of the, what they did in the fourth. But I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So, Jimmy, though, and I'll let you make your point after. Where do you think they rank in forced turnovers? The Celtics? Yeah. Why don't you tell me? It sounds like not high because we were talking about it earlier. <laughs> He's got a big smirk on his face. Too. Yeah. 27th. Interesting. So You knew it had to be bottom. bottom I knew. Yeah, I, to make his point, yeah. it had to have been pretty bad, but I wanted Bobby if, to be able to hammer it home. Um, if you go back to that email year, the 2022 team that was really dominant, they were only 13th that year, but uh, the, year, the first Missoula year last year, they came in at – 26th so they've been bottom 5 10 both years here under Missoula after you know ranking fairly high and again there's not a lot of separation between the teams here but you need a few more a game and it looked like they were able to force those late early as Joe Sway said just not enough ball pressure not enough intensity on the defensive end I thought their transition defense sucked in this game oh, it was horrible terrible. yeah it was and they've done that at times this year I think they've cleaned it up over the last month or two here, but early in the season, they had some bad moments too. And a team like this is able to expose that. I mean, that should have been number one on their priorities coming in was getting back, but missed layups, turnovers, the Celtics turned the ball over a ton early. I thought that was the story of the first quarter. That's just going to empower everybody on the Oklahoma side. I mean, everybody on that team, Josue and Jimmy are fast, athletic, great finishers who love to get out on the run. And the Celtics really let them do that. Good rebounders, too. I thought that killed the Celtics as well. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't rebound. Yeah. <laughs> That's what killed right? them. Like, isn't that what – like, the the Thunder don't rebound. So, it, I thought the Celtics – again, I mean, and I know they, the Thunder, they've got those stretch bigs now with with Holmgren and, and Giddy, and those guys were hitting threes tonight. It, sounded, it seemed like the Celtics were willing to give those shots up because certainly they weren't – really up in their face it seemed like those those are pretty wide open shots for, for a lot of those thunder, thunder players um yeah and then four seven from giddy's not normal no right so i mean you just kind of have to tip your cap i guess in that situation um but even you know sga five for eight and then who's this dude wiggins aaron wiggins off the bench it's two <laughs> so i mean <laughs> the, the, these shots were falling left and right um yeah. for the thunder it's a dis- you know I'm always going to be disappointed when when it's a it's it's a premier sort of matchup and the, and the team Celtics fall short because these are the games that you know you can go ahead and say, oh they're 26 and seven well how many of those wins don't matter in the long run because it's against a garbage team that 
you know, they haven't seen the playoffs. I want to see statement win. So I'm thinking, okay, they lose on the road in Minnesota. Now they lose on the road uh, here in OKC. Yeah, these are Western Conference teams in theory. And, you know, obviously they you won't see them again until the finals if you do. But this is where the team has had trouble, in the NBA finals. And so these are the matchups that I, that I circle, and I'm sure a lot of Celtics fans circle on the calendar because these are the statement games that you want to show up and you want to – prove that you know you can go on going on the road and play tough for four quarters and not you know if you're Jalen Brown this is this was a matchup that a lot of people thought was going to be huge for him for him to show that you know he can be uh you know a a plus defender in the league and and contain uh an MVP caliber player he couldn't he picked up two fouls before uh the ball was even tipped off practically and then he kind of disappeared Jalen uh Jason Tatum yeah, he played commendable defense, really good defense down the stretch. But where was where was that before? Right. Um, you know, you can't you can't go down twenty points and then say, "Oh, I'm going to start playing defense." Payne Pritchard is getting put in the game to spark the team. That's unacceptable. As far as no, no offense to Peyton Pritchard, they do call him Sparky, right? They do call him Sparky. <laughs> some of the some of the greats call him that. But <laughs> but let's be honest. You've got you've got all we talk about is oh they've got the best you know five six guys you know deep in the league. And you need to go to the seventh and the, you need to go to Pritchard and Hauser and, and, and we need to commend Joe for, for, you know, pulling out a rap, pulling a rabbit out of a hat here in a, in a game where there shouldn't be any need to do that. So that's disappointing for me, for sure. It's interesting too. I'm looking back. It looked like white opened the game on Shea. They put Chet. Yeah. I thought that was, that was different. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Buck. Uh, or Chet. They put Drew on the big, so it looked like the plan was to get, try to get Drew there on switches, right? They were expecting probably more pick and roll, but Shea was just kind of attacking them head on. Yeah. And the individual defenders on Shea weren't able to contain him until they switched to Tatum late. So I think that's an obvious second guess is not going with more size against them. I actually thought, you know, I think I said in the chat earlier this afternoon, Jimmy, that this would be a good one for Jalen, as you mentioned there. It just kind of fell on out of this game with fouls early and, you know, attached to Dort, who's just kind of standing in the corner. I didn't think that was making good use of him, especially if Shea was going to attack head on, because I feel like that's where Jalen's at his best is just kind of honing in on a matchup and sticking with it. So overall, we can point to a bunch of different stuff. I feel like Joe just kind of came into this game and said, let's just roll with the same game plan and stuff we've been doing the last couple of weeks here. And it didn't adapt well to this game where the Thunder are just a little bit of a different opponent than they've seen over the last couple of weeks here. They just seem prepared for it, honestly, Bobby, especially like the tendencies and, and the way SGA was going to try to maneuver his way straight through the paint, like you said, because he, he, in my opinion, it could see how the Southerners have been defending lately, especially with guys like Derek White and Drew Holiday and how those guys have been interchangeable on top of the key. He made sure that they weren't comfortable with doing that, especially early out, you know, or, I mean, early in the, uh, in the uh, you know, first quarter, you know, they just set the, set the tone, in my opinion. And I felt like, you know, Drew, obviously, you can see the way the fourth quarter went for him. I mean, he never really found that rhythm in this game. And, you know, Missoula went with with uh, with, with Pritchard to finish out finish out the uh, the comeback that came up short. And it's good timing to talk about Drew, Jimmy. Yeah. He hasn't – he's been phenomenal defensively this year. So today's a little bit of an abnormal result for him on that end. And it's a, it's like, again – That's a tough cover too, buddy. It's an I mean, we got to give SGA's props. That's a tough on the cover. other side. So that's not why Drew landed on the bench, though. It's the offense right now. And you get seven assists in this one. But 
we came into this year, Jimmy, saying, all right, Jalen's going to have the toughest time adapting. And he had a bad night tonight. But overall, he's had a great you know month plus before this. So he, he figured things out in terms of where he fits in on the offense. Drew, I'm not knocking what he's doing. Let's talk about Drew. Let's talk about Drew. Everything he's done for this team has been really subtle. You know, obviously defensively, he's commanding things. He's been awesome on that end. He's passing well. He's rebounding well. But he just doesn't seem super involved in the offense. And I know it's tough when you have five stars out there. Uh, but it's in the second units, can you get him involved as a ball handler? Uh you know, in the starting lineup, can you put him in, you know, screen and roll actions to kind of have him involved in the role and, you know, catch the ball there and make plays. Sometimes it just feels like he's floating a little bit. And in this game, the miss is piled up and he ends up on the bench late. Um, I want to bring in our friend, A. Sherrod Blakely, who's joining us here. Sherrod, you What's up, fellas? What's going on, Sherrod? You Gucci? Oh, you and your young lingo. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Look at you, Shirai. I like it. I like your sight. I'm just messing with you, Jimmy. I'm good though. Yeah, you know, you, you knew what I meant. I knew what you meant. You 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 gotta learn that. You're you're a professor. You gotta be able to to understand the the jargon, the language. Unfortunately, you're correct. <laughs> he's hip, that's why. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in it. Celtics yeah, look I mean, what do you think, Shirai? Celtics look kind of mid tonight. Um, you know what? <laughs> This was a game that I thought was more about what Oklahoma City did than not necessarily what the Celtics didn't do. Oklahoma City is a good team. Yes. Uh, they're they're top okay. five and they got a top five MVP candidate in Shea Gilders. They've got probably the rookie of the year uh, on their on their <laughs> roster as well. And then you start looking at the guys that contribute, the guys that they have that are playing. They're a good team. I mean, and and, mm-hmm. and to their credit, they withstood a they withstood a. a Serious blow by the Celtics in the, in the fourth quarter and came out with the win. They made their free throws. They got big shots. They got some breaks that they didn't uh, necessarily plan for, like Porzingis' foot toe in the line. Um, yeah. Again, they did. Oklahoma City did enough good things in this game to deserve the win. And obviously, I think you guys touched on it earlier. Drew Holiday seemed to have taken a holiday off on this one uh, <laughs> and just was yeah. not effective. And I will say this about Joe Mazzula. Um, I gave him props for this game because Drew Holiday was not very good, and he's he stuck with Pritchard longer than he normally would. Yeah. Uh, and I, I thought that decision gave the Celtics a chance to possibly win this game. Whereas that I think changed if everything. Yeah, if you yeah. I think if you'd have stuck with Drew, they probably would lose this game by fifteen or twenty points. Uh, I thought Drew was just that non-impactful. Whereas Pritchard was making plays and, and his presence alone was, I thought, helping them just kind of rally and chip away at this <clears> thing. So uh, I give Joe props for actually making a, a, I thought, a pretty important coaching decision down the stretch that gave them a chance to win. But yeah, there's, no, there's no moral victories, Josue, but it feels like when you come out of this, no, seeing in de- December for Pritchard said a lot for him. He really got going there. But, you know, Hauser, you know what you're going to get more or less? His role is a little more, more limited. When you add up all the different things Pritchard can do for you, he's looking like that, you know, not the sixth man because that's kind of alpha this team, but he's that seventh man. If you're going to cut down the seven guys in the playoffs, he might be that, you know, guy right at the end there when you when you cut things off and really go tight. Well, we've seen in the past, too, when the Celtics are down double digits, that's been the guy that typically sort of gets that extended minutes, you know what I mean, when he just to yeah. kind of get him going, get his flow going. You know, but now I feel like this season he's finding other ways to be effective, whether it's making the extra pass, whether so it's so good on the boards. 
Yeah, the rebounds creating, like he's just constant energy on both ends. And I think that's why you, you're you able to do, to earn yourself a whole fourth quarter the way he did, especially in this type of game and that type of atmosphere, you know. And, and guys usually rally around that, as the Celtics did. I mean, of course, they fell short, but you – you know, you look around, you're like, man, Payton's still in here, Payton's balling. You know, you want to you, you want to obviously complete the comeback because, you know, you're on the cusp of it. But also you see someone like Pritchard getting that opportunity. So yeah, it's too bad that, you know, it didn't turn out the way or at least the Celtics were unable to force overtime. But it's it's a great opportunity for him. And obviously it's something that's going to be that he can build off. Of. And I don't want to make it seem like I yeah, yeah, no, I don't want to make it seem like I don't I don't appreciate what Pritchard did tonight or what he's on the team to do. Cause I think this was a good example of that. I just think I'm a little disappointed that some of the stars, again, Porzingis aside, but the guys that are supposed to be, you know, bringing it for four quarters, you know, Tatum Brown, who we can talk about a little bit later, Drew, we've already discussed Horford didn't have uh didn't do much tonight either, obviously. Um, and I just feel like against a Mark, you know, a, a team, a contending team, Shiraz, a team that, you know, again, they're out west, so you, you most likely uh, maybe you'll see him again. Who knows? But um, this is a team that the Celtics should be able to. They shouldn't go down eighteen in this team. Uh, yeah, right. you know right. what I mean. Yeah. That's what it comes down to the ending. Yeah, sure. You just take a look at the final score. Okay, yeah, and it was a good game. It was entertaining. Commend them for the comeback. But they, how many times over the last few years have we seen this happen? They go yeah. down big because they don't play complete basketball on both ends of the court. They they put a charge in there late in the game, but ultimately comes up short. They run out of time. And that's, th- this reminds me of that. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy, I, I, I agree with you. This point, probably the, the only thing I was really, really, really disappointed in this game. There are things I wasn't crazy about, but disappointment was the fact that to your point, they allowed themselves to dig, they dug themselves a tremendous hole. Uh, and remember, uh, OKC did a lot of good things with Shea Gilders Alexander on the bench. Uh, right. That that stretch where they push it up to like 15, 16 points. He was doing the same thing you and I were doing, just sitting back chilling, watching things play out. And that can't happen. You can't allow, you know, an MVP candidate on a team to sit on a bench and that team not just maintain the lead, but extend it. And that, that was really disappointing to see that happen. Uh, but, but again, you credit Oklahoma city. I mean, there's a reason why they've been one of the top teams in the Western conference most of the season. They're good. And you look at, you, you look at some of the bodies that they've put to bed, you know, they've beaten Denver, they've beaten Minnesota. They they've beaten Denver. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, so let's not pretend as if this was a team, this, this ain't Detroit. All right. Right. This this isn't. Yeah, this isn't. Yeah, this is your squad. That's right. This is a this is a legitimate team that that beat you when you played. You didn't play a great game, but you had stretches where you looked really good. But it just wasn't enough to get the win, and it wasn't as if you played a bad team. So I'm not mad. Disappointed that they they to your point, Jimmy. Disappointed that they put themselves in such a a hole that they had to just fight and claw just to get back in the game. But as far as like the opponent and, and and how things played out, this is what good teams are supposed to do at home. Yeah, what about- but, you know, to Jimmy's point though, you anticipated that like, you know, showdown. You wanted to see like a one forty to one forty five tie. You know, you know what I mean, like that type of a, uh, you know, <laughs> knockout. That many points. They I mean, defense, Joe's way too. You though, know right? what I mean, though. No, like, I do, but. But you look at you, the uh, you look at what Vegas had on on this game, and just in general, the 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 both both teams with the winning streak on the line, you know, Celtics coming in with six straight. It's just it's that it was that type of atmosphere, but you you want to see the Celtics match that 
all the way through. And I felt like it came down to the fourth quarter. It was just like, oh, man, you know, we got seven minutes left. We're running out of time here. And they kind of snapped out of it. But, um, yeah, credit to the Oklahoma City Thunder, though. In a, in, a, in a few weeks, this could be the number one team in the Western Conference. I mean, they're, they're that close, obviously, uh, when you look at this winning streak that they're on. Now, yeah, I didn't want to get ahead of myself coming into the year, but I thought they could be a home court team just based on the flashes you saw last year and this guy right here already emerging as an MVP candidate a year ago, plus Chet. Uh, joining the mix here. Case and Wallace has been really good, their draft pick. This is a team that could make the finals. I don't think you can rule them out. Like they, The way they played Denver, the way they've played other teams in the West, and this record through the first quarter of the season, they're young. They probably need a little bit of a veteran presence here. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the one thing they've really lacked through this rebuild, and it doesn't seem like they are interested in adding to this group, just given the picks and the young players they have here. So that could limit them, along with the lack of playoff experience. But it wouldn't be stunning at all to see a Thunder Celtics finals. No, but the, the one thing, Bobby, that I, that gives me reason to pause is that uh, they're a good team. And talent-wise, from top to bottom, they're right there in that mix. But teams like Oklahoma City, I'm not sold on them or even want to rent them based upon the fact that Playoffs are best of sevens, not one game elimination. Right. Uh, and and I don't know if they have the ability to sustain the level of play that we saw in this game and withstand the kind of run that the Celtics, you know, put on them over the course of a seven game series. I, to me, they are going to be a feast or famine postseason team. They're either going to get to the conference finals or they're going to get knocked out in the first round. I don't think a second round exit is in their future. Uh, I think they're either going to be early, early out of the playoffs or go really, really far. Uh, because to me, uh, I just don't, I don't, I can't, I can't buy into this team as being pretty good and make a little bit of noise. They're either going to go out with a whimper or they're going to go out with a bang. It, there's, there's no in between. I don't think with this team. Yeah, especially in the wild game. West too, Shira. I mean, you yeah. got teams that could be like, this could be one of the best, uh, in season tournaments that we've seen. I mean, excuse me, yeah. play. I knew it was going to do that. I knew it was <laughs> play in tournament that we've seen when you look at the way the Western Conference is is, is uh, breaking down in that the, the the bottom portion, right? I mean, going into the playoffs, it could be the Lakers. It could be one of those teams waiting for uh, waiting for OKC. So yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Western Conference it'll be interesting, but the Oklahoma City Thunder, I think it's it's a safe bet that they'll be one of those top two, oh top three Western Conference, maybe four teams that stays in that vicinity if you ask me so home court is, is for sure in their in their uh in their future if I, mean, you ask. I mean it's it's early but i i don't see them dropping off into outside of the top five in the west well let's say they're playing a, one of the winners of the of the play-in tournament right uh let's say that winner is dallas would you feel confident that they're going to be dallas if let's say it's the lakers would you feel confident that they're going to be LeBron I mean. the lakers? Those, are the, those are the teams i'm talking yeah, about yeah yeah so i mean <laughs> as as good as they are I don't think anyone would be shocked if they get if they play the winner of the playing tournament and if it's someone like Dallas or the Lakers that they get smoked in the first round. Right. Right. What happened with Jalen Brown tonight? He was horrible. He, yeah, he and, was and bad in every sense of the word. I mean, it, there's there's just no even like mention words about that. He was bad. It, yeah, I mean, and not just on offense too. We're, we're talking about Shea Gilders. Gilgis Alexander here. And couldn't guard him. This is one of the reasons why it's this this loss in this game is disappointing to me is because this is a it's a marquee matchup, right? This is a game that I think a lot of people had said, you know, I, I want to look and see how this matchup goes. And there's a lot of people who say Jalen Brown can be uh, he can be uh, a great defender in this league, and he should be uh, in the conversation for 
you know, all one of the all defensive teams. I disagree but, with that, but keep going. Right, right. But there are some people who, who feel that way, and I'm sure. Besides Jalen? Besides Jalen? Like, literally, like, Jimmy, not even trying to be funny about it, but, like, Jalen yeah. is the only one who's kind of talked about Jalen as an all-NBA defender. Yeah. Um, right. I don't think. No, I, I mean, I'm not talking about it. You I'm sure, just, Jimmy? You sure? I'm not saying that he is, but I think there I'm, are I'm some not seeing it in print. I'm not seeing it in podcasts. I don't see it in reports. Yeah. There's some stats out there, Bobby. I think you showed me a stat recently. That, I, I haven't heard one person say there was some article that somebody had him as like an honorable mention of an honorable. Bobby, yeah, let's, 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 let's hear Jaylen the data. Blog you're reading, Jimmy? Jalen Brown. Like no, Bobby's got the data. Bobby's got the data. Let's go, Bobby. What you yeah. got? I'm not Bobby's like, it's my article. No. <laughs> point being, boys. Point being. Joe Sway throwing shade at Bobby's <laughs> article. You ain't right, Joe Sway. No, no, I know, I know Bobby wouldn't write that. <laughs> Point I mean, he was not up for the task. this year. I mean, opponents are shooting 41% against him, which for a wing is really good. I said at the top of the show, when he's able to hone into an individual assignment, he can be awesome. You know, I think it's the switching and some of the more team-based stuff that throws him off on that end. But I mean, he's been really good this year, at least in comparison to the last two years. Now, I'm a, and all defense is a tough threshold to break through to. But I think in terms of just leveling up his play on the, that end of the court this year, he's been better. It was the offense that was the problem for him tonight. Trying to force up shots over multiple bodies in the lane. I usually like that aggressiveness, but he wasn't really able to get to the cup. He was more, you know, forcing up hooks and floaters inside. Missed all his threes. Uh, I like the transition aggressiveness early that drew those two free throws out to Porzingis' box, but that's about all he got here. And he tried to do too much in isolation in the half court, which can lead to turnovers, which can lead to bad shots. I mean, he is always taking difficult shots. And this is the thing for him and Tatum in this game. Brown's pace isn't a problem. You know, like he'll turn the ball over and make mistakes by trying to force the issue. But in certain games, I think that's appropriate. In this game overall, I feel like they just didn't know when to go and didn't know when to slow it down and execute because they had bad sets in the half court throughout this game. But they also had opportunities to run with. They just didn't take them. And, you know, I thought Tatum struggled in that regard early before he kind of calmed down and had, a you know, I thought a really good game. Uh, But, you know, Brown... Does this concern you outside of just a bad night where with a lot of misses? Like he's been so good over the last month plus here that I'm not panicking off this one. The three point shooting, as usual, has been a little weird with him, and that's going back a couple years now. But this one to me is just an off night and a, a tough matchup where the uh, other perimeter defenders and the switching on the you know defensive side for Oklahoma City is just so athletic and long. And that, Bobby, that, that last point you made about their athleticism and their length, to me, that's what makes this type of team a difficult challenge for the Celtics. Isn't Chet something? Oh, man. Well the, well, the thing about Porzingis is used to being matched up with someone that he can either take down on a block because they're too little or he can you know just rise over them with the three ball. And Chet is looking him basically eye to eye. Yeah. Uh, who's basically a younger, more athletic, better ball handling version of himself. I don't think he shoots the ball as well as Porzingis, but he's a good shooter. He yeah. is a he's a good shooter. And that and that being said, Porzingis still got you 30 and some change. So he he was able to do Porzingis his, is awesome. He was this was one of I thought this was one of, if not his best game individually. Uh he took on a matchup that was not significantly in his favor and he maximized it. He was great. Uh, Tatum, Brown, Drew Holiday, those three in particular were average to below average uh, most of the game. And Tatum, I thought, did a lot of good things, especially when he switched out, I thought, on Shade late in the game. But part of that 
had to do with the fact that Shea was in foul trouble. Uh, yep. and, and Tatum was smart enough to take advantage of that uh, at both ends of the floor. And, and so if you're the Celtics, you, you're, you're disappointed that you lost the game. But when you start looking at just the type of team you played and just start looking out east, are there any teams that look similar to OKC? I say no. Indiana. Indi- but Indiana doesn't have a top five yeah. MVP candidate. Yeah, Are you that. sure? Yeah, I was going to say, man. There, man. <laughs> he just had a 20 assist, zero turnover game. Listen, listen, yeah, listen. He's a, like he's a good player. And, and, and frankly, he should be in the all NBA conversation. There's no doubt. Yeah. But oh, he's still a college chef. Would, would I consider him a top five player? Absolutely nothing without him. I agree. But is he is he a top five MVP candidate? I don't think so. Top 10. If we're saying top 10. He's sick yes. if he's not top five. Oh. I know the point you're trying to make sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's very good. I just don't put – I'm not quite ready to put him in that category because the, the one thing that Shea has done that I think people overlook is his impact on winning. He puts up numbers, but his team wins. And, and, and you can say what well, – and good point in the chat here, too. The Pacers' defense is as bad as it gets. So that's right. a key difference for sure. Right. You start looking at that that OKC roster from top to bottom, and they've got some good players, but they're, they're no other than Chet and Shea. Is there anyone that you're looking at like, damn, he's really, really, really good? Not mm-hmm. really. They've got they've got good players, but they're they don't have any good. Solid yeah, they, players, yeah. they got nice, solid role players. And you look at Indiana and, you know, around Halliburton, not there's not a huge to me there's not a huge drop off in the role players that he's playing with versus the ones that Shea is and yet you look at the records it's a pre, it's a pretty stark difference between the two that's why I can't put him in that category but Halliburton is a great player doesn't I mean just because you're not a top five MVP does not that doesn't mean you suck I don't think Tatum's a top five MVP candidate and he's really good obviously I know man how many years are we going to do this uh this is the year he's going to be in the conversation, man, because I don't think this is the year. But anyways, um, what I was going to say, though, about nope. Jalen real quick, I, I just feel like teams, especially teams like the Oklahoma City Thunder, that have the athletic wings, they have the switchable, you know, guards that can that can play wings, guys that can cause fits on the defensive end of the, of the floor when they feel like it, right? And tonight was one of those games. Like, they, they were ready for this challenge. And I felt like once they saw what Jalen was doing, they wanted to take that – take him out of his comfort zone. And that's exactly what they did, especially in transition, forcing him to his left. I felt like he that, that was a big, big struggle with him in, in this game. You know, he would go down the middle, and I felt like he was – if sometimes if he wasn't turning the ball over, he just couldn't find the the move he wanted to make to, to attack the rim. And even though he was trying, he just couldn't find his rhythm. And then the three-pointer started. You know, it was sort of that pattern he couldn't get out of, I felt like. And then I want to also give a shout-out to our good friends at – HelloFresh, hellofresh.com slash CLNS free. Use the code CLNS free and get free breakfast for life. I know Bobby is still working through uh, his his breakfast for life. Um, swimming in muffins <laughs> right here. Yeah. Uh, but no, guys, honestly, HelloFresh is great. Um, you know, even, even though the, the holidays are over, um, the supermarkets, the grocery stores, all the markets are still busy. I was there today at one of them, and the shelves were practically still empty. So um, this is a great way to cut out that whole issue uh, with HelloFresh. Um, you can actually save money uh, with fresh recipes delivered, cheaper than takeout, cheaper than those expensive uh, supermarkets that are still charging an arm and a leg thanks a lot inflation. Uh, pre-portioned ingredients you'll never waste money on excess food and if you're like me you got home eight o'clock tonight and you tossed on the game you didn't have time to 
you know, be uh, whipping up this elaborate meal from scratch. So HelloFresh kind of does the does all that work for you, and you're able to just uh, get it cooked up. Everything's fresh. Everything's uh, you know farm to table. Good stuff for you. So again, that's HelloFresh.com/slash/CLNSFree. Use code CLNSFree and get free breakfast for life. Okay, guys, let's reset here for a second. Celtics come into this one. They drop 127 to 123. We talked a little bit about um, just the being able to really put together four quarters of effort. And Bobby, I, I thought you would have screened this by now, but you haven't. It's the defense. It's the defense, isn't it? I mean, we can talk about Jalen Brown 0 for 8 from 3. And yeah, that's obviously a cause for cause of concern but when i look at these two teams i don't i don't see a, a thunder team that should have been able to score as easily as they were and i know that holmgren hit had a few threes that maybe he doesn't hit but what what's 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 this team going to do to really i guess you know clamp down i mean you talked about it earlier bobby they don't force turnovers um it seemed like okc was able to score in transit in transition uh whenever they wanted to tonight and so I guess we'll start with you, Bobby, but uh, I want to I want to go around the, the block on this one. Yeah, there's a couple issues there. Obviously, the individual defense wasn't great in this game, and I think that can wane at times for this group. Uh, I think they leave the middle of the floor open a little bit too much in that mid-range area for some, you know, great mid-range shooters on that Oklahoma team. These kind of uh, rosters that are a little bit more comfortable shooting there, I think give the Celtics some more issues than the teams that are just – you know, dedicating their offense to reaching the rim or, you know, getting out and shooting threes. So that's something the Celtics are willing to give up that some teams like taking. So I think that's a first issue here. The turnovers you mentioned, the rebounding, Joe Sway mentioned earlier, 10 offensive rebounds for Oklahoma, a little bit more than you want to see. And Joe talks about that a lot. There'll be possessions where the first shot defense is good. And then, you know, you're giving up offensive rebounds. Those are almost always going to be really good uh, scoring opportunities off of those so that was an issue tonight can't figure out how to force turnovers so you end up being the slower team in this game off that uh you know 14 too many for the celtics 12 a solid number mostly carried by what they did in the fourth quarter there and then as i mentioned earlier i think you probably needed more size at the point of attack against Shea. And mm-hmm. Celtics played a little too mm-hmm. big at times in this game, it felt like. They went to those double big looks that have been pretty good for them but really weren't tonight. And, you know, then I think they made some good adjustments late in terms of just going small and, you know, more versatile and fast and uh, perimeter-based out there. Because the Thunder really aren't a big team inside. Like, you're not really worried about them posting you up or a big man in there scoring a ton at the basket. Uh, Chet, as Sherrod mentioned there, is more of a perimeter-based uh, player in terms of his offense. So the transition's what killed you tonight. And that one's just as simple as getting back a lot of the time, but it also goes back to some of the dumb things the Celtics were doing on offense tonight with the turnovers and everything else. So there were a lot of issues defensively in this game. They've been good on that end, Jimmy, this year. I really haven't had issues mm-hmm. with their defense this season, but tonight wasn't a good night. It just didn't put up enough fight and resistance to what OKC was looking to do. I mean, OK, they, they shot, what, 52, 53% from the field. I think they shot better than 45% from three-point range. And a lot of those looks that they were getting were lightly contested to wide-open type of shots. And you just don't allow that to happen against a good team like them. Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander just absolutely controlled 
the action. I mean, he he went off for 30 and some change, but he you, you felt that if he really, really, really wanted to get buckets, he could get them anytime he wanted to. Uh, that is the sign of a great player. That's the sign of a great team recognizing how to be impactful. And, you know, again, they, they – I think if they describe what the, what they saw in the Celtics defense, they would probably describe it as we just took what they gave us. They mm-hmm. gave us great looks. Mm-hmm. They gave us opportunities to attack off the dribble. They gave Those us two chat threes late were killers, and they were both hedging yeah. away from him. I mean, look at the yeah. way the, look at the way the game started when they set the tone by knocking down those three point shots. I feel like in the past when that happens, the Celtics defense tends to, to to try to okay, let's stop the bleeding from the perimeter, and all of a sudden. You get an attack, you know, right, right down the teeth of the defense. That's exactly what OKC did, and obviously with one of the better players, MVP candidate style, in Shea Gilge Alexander. But he wasn't the only one, right? There was other guys getting involved as well, seeking high percentage shots, but also blending it in with those outside shots that I felt like just really crushed the Celtics as they were kind of just, you know, trying to gather themselves and, and trying to put together the run that they ultimately did in that second half that that uh, that, that was in the fourth quarter. We mentioned it a little bit. Speaking of defense, I want to keep keep that theme for a second. Um, we're not concerned about the defense, but are you concerned about this guy? Anybody? True Holiday. Um, certainly, when you he talk is, about players that he's dealing you know, with an injury too. Someone might not that, not right? yet. I'm not too concerned, but yeah, I, I've got him. He's on my watch list. Let's he's put it that way. Yeah. He's, he's on my put watch list. Way. I'm I'm glad Pritchard. I'm I'm glad Mizzou did what he did in that fourth quarter. With you know, it's kind of like, hey man, this is, this can happen. You know. Yeah, that, yeah. I'm not concerned, but he is absolutely on my watch list of guys that, you know, I'm not ready to hit the panic button, but I'm watching your ass right now. <laughs> to see if you're going to flip this around because Drew is a really good player. Uh, but, you know, these are the yeah. kind of games where you wonder. Is, <laughs> where, are we? where are we on this meter, Sherrod? Are we at Xanis level or are we closer to Bobby? Yeah, I am probably in that yellow-orange range. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> that's that's kind of where I'm at. But the, the he, thing about he, Drew is – one he's, bad performance away from uh, – from, 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 <laughs> I give him two. I give him he's, two. I got... He's got the Brogdon thing, Sherrod. He's missing everything inside. And that happened to Brogdon last year, too. It's kind of weird that those guys are both going through that issue here. Oh, in the first the miss, the the layups, yeah. oh, my God. When he posts a guy, it always goes in and out. The cutting tonight, layup early he that he missed. Yeah. He went underneath tonight and missed yeah. that, too. And I asked him about that earlier in the year, and he's like, they're just not going in. There's nothing specific he's looking at. Wait, there, about the, the, the layups? The missed layups, yeah. The so, missed layups, yeah. Sure, know, is, that, is that around the time? Is that when the uh, the, the ankles start going? You know, at the age that uh, is Drew ahead ahead of it here? Is this a is this a uh, he's getting older type thing, or you think it's an injury thing? It's it's hard to say because he's in that weird limbo age wise where right. injury is it injuries five. or is it, is it father time? Who, who's who's hurting you? Why right. are you hurting? Uh, but <laughs> the, the, I, I give Drew the benefit of the doubt uh, simply because. First and foremost, he's a hell of a player. We know it, and he doesn't. He he hasn't been on the downslide consistently enough to where you feel like no, he's oh, hitting God. his threes. Yeah, so he he's doing just enough to keep you a little bit off balance as to whether this is father time or whether he's just in a rut. But like I said, he's on my watch list. I'm I'm watching him much more closely now than I have done before because I want to have a sense of whether you know this is just again. Father Time doing what Father Time is going to do to every player in the NBA, or is this just more of a health 
type thing. Do is there? Do we need to talk about load management at some point with Drew? He took uh, uh, he took the Spurs game off. Yeah, he's dealing with an elbow sprain. I think they're saying so that could have played into it tonight. Who knows what he's playing through night tonight? Um, but you know, guys, I'm gonna admit that. But I love that 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 Pritchard is ready though. Um, I love I love that he's keeping himself engaged to make the most of these opportunities. I mean, uh, he's going to be one of those guys that, again, I, I, I'm i convinced that Pritchard is going to help them win a playoff game. At some point, somewhere down the line, when they get to the postseason, something's going to go wrong for the Celtics in a bad way, and they're going to look at Peyton and be like, give us a little something, and he's going to say, I'm not going to give you a little something. I'm going to give you the game-winning package right here. Um, <laughs> I'm going to not be a Shiraz watch list. I'm going to be like that dude. Or something like that, right? I exactly. exactly. Gonna okay. I'm going to hit like three threes in a row. They're going to call a timeout, and I'm going to be doing my little thing that I did at Oregon whenever I made big shots. I'm Mike going to be like, hey, another one. Bang. Exactly. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Exactly. Richard. Yeah. So <laughs> one thing for both of those guys when they're in with this group is they need to find ways to stay involved and – that's tough because I feel like they're both the fifth option when they're out there. So what are you doing? You're just kind of staying off to the side. Drew's been awesome as a rebounder this year. He's yeah. never rebounded like this. Uh, so you give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. Pritchard, similar story. You'd like to get him involved more in the screening game, but I'm sure that's you know not super familiar for him. And the one thing, too, is they're attacking matchups. And I'm sure the best defender on the you know other team – isn't exactly on holiday all the time. So he's sort of setting up other guys in that regard. The tough thing with holiday this year, and I do think the scoring needs to expand a little bit for him. They got to figure out ways to get him involved in that sense. Mm -hmm. But everything else he's giving you is just really subtle. You know, if if it's a screening, if it's a rebounding, certainly on the defensive end. I mean, I feel like Joe just gave him the keys early on and said, run that side of the ball. Because uh, I think he's doing everything there in terms of just organizing them on that end. So, uh, you know me, Jimmy. I got labeled the Drew hater early on, but I've, you did. I've learned to appreciate <laughs> all the little things. You're just that a contrarian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing, the Bobby, thing you should be clamoring for Drew to come up. I'm surprised you didn't start the I'm show. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> me, and John, me and John talked about that last show. I'm not I feel like that. he was almost hinting at it, but he's not quite there was Hey, there was a team meeting between John and Bobby to discuss guys, that. So they yeah. won't get into the specifics of the team meeting, but <laughs> well, everything is worked out. Love that. Maybe someone else will say it. Exactly. The thing I'd like to see Drew do a little bit more of is finding ways to score off the ball, like cuts along the baseline. Do some of the things that force defenses to actually move a little bit more when he's out on the floor. Because right now – when he's looking to score, it's either with a three-point shot or he's he's playing bully ball. There's no third way of him generating offense, and I think he has that ability in him, even at you know this advanced age for an NBA player. I still think he can find other ways to score, and I like to see them experiment with that a little bit because uh, right now he just needs to find ways to get easy buckets, just so to see the ball go through the net, uh, and. You know, again, cuts to the basket, particularly when you're playing with a guy like Jason Tatum, who's going to draw so much damn attention, who's showing more and more a willingness to pass the ball. I mean, that one pass, you know, where he drove late in the game and he behind back pass to Brazingis that was a little bit off the mark. But the fact that he was thinking about giving it up on a drive to the basket, those are the little things that, again, Tatum, it's it's subtle things that he's getting better at uh, because the big picture things, he's already established himself as being elite in. Joe, Joe says this a lot, and I know we got to nitpick everything about this game. 
but I don't think there's like fundamental yes, we things do. here. I don't know. I don't think there's fundamental <laughs> things here that we have to look at and say like this guy's doing this wrong or this guy isn't doing enough in his role. And, and I bet I don't see any quotes from Joe out there tonight, but I bet he said there were just stretches in this game where they just weren't doing the little things that they have to do to yeah. win these games. Like I agree. The, the the stretch between the third and the fourth was so bad and just in terms of getting back, taking the right shots, yeah, executing offensively, the turnovers early. Like I think uh, you know, Joe Sway said it. You want to see more of a consistent effort front to start in this game. And I do think effort probably waned a little bit in this game for whatever reason. Um, you know, guys missed shots, guys had frustrating plays, and did that leak into their defense, Jimmy? Yeah. We've heard that from them in the past, and I think we saw that between the third and the fourth quarters. I mean, that's where, what did you say it was, Sherrod? It was like 8-ish, 12-ish at that point, and then it got up to 18. Right. This game yeah. never should have got quick. up to 18. Right. Okay. I, their feelings too, I think I texted you guys. I was like, this got out of hand. Like, yeah. 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 Sudden, that never like, should have oh. happened. This should have been a 5-10 to 10 point game the whole way. Well, especially yeah. when it gets out of hand when you got Chet and, and, and SGA on the bench, you know, the way they started that fourth quarter. Uh, one of the better right. timeouts that Joe Mazzula called today was when he called that one. Um, and right at the timeout, they got a layup, you know. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I just feel like with the Celtics, especially in, in, in the second half, it's like they, they, they're they able to fix their mistakes, but there's still that that lag. You know what I mean? They're, they're able to – like in this one, they were able to put that put together the run that, that they did in that fourth quarter. But all of a sudden, it was, you know, four minutes left, you know, and they were still down by – it was still a two-possession game. You know, I, I just think the Celtics, you know, with, with the energy and, and the way – OKC was able to just really, I mean, whether the starters were out, whether they were in, you know, whether they're on the floor or whatever, it didn't matter. Guys just kept that momentum. I felt like the Celtics were constantly fighting that. And that, that was the big run, I felt like, where the, the Celtics finally snapped out of it, but they just couldn't. It, it was too it was too uphill of a, of a battle. We don't get to play it much because the Celtics don't lose a ton. So I'm playing with graphics right now. I think it's time to play. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait the hell up. You got my boy Sam on this. Are you serious? No, I didn't create this. This is an old blame pie. I don't know okay. how Sam got it. I was going to say. I was going to say. That question mark used to be Marcus. Uh, he wasn't great. <laughs> I, like, I know. I, Sam it's is so taking true. a ricochet shot right now. But no, it's smart. I like, would have been half the pie the way people used to talk about it. <laughs> exactly. I like how Porzingis and, and Derek White are, are not on this graphic because they're just they're never going to be the reason. <laughs> so we don't have to ever worry about them. I was never. saying this. I was saying this the other day. I, <laughs> I can't remember a Celtic who has a higher approval rating than Derek. Like you, you can't find a guy who doesn't like Derek at this point. Right. And why would you? He had a campaign t-shirt on. For That'd be you close. Had, you had that would be really who, close. You probably had people who said, like, Thomas can't be the first option on a great team or stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. I mean, he can't play defense and things like that. Yeah. So, like, different guys, stars especially, you know, you'll nitpick them all day. I don't think you can say a bad thing about Derek. I, at least well, yeah. I haven't seen anyone say anything. I don't think there'll ever be a game where we blame Sam, too, but. <laughs> oh, there will be. Trust me. There, yeah, we'll find one. I'm just like, come on, y'all guys. I mean, Sam does not belong in this damn conversation. All right, let's um, pretend he doesn't exist. Let's pretend here. Sam doesn't. Put him in the crust. Exactly. Obviously, we're not. We're not, not going to. Actually, you know what? You put uh, tonight's put, a big slice of slice of Jalen and Drew. Yeah, yeah. We're not give it to Missoula. Yeah, I, 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 I wasn't. I, 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 wasn't like, <laughs> oh, oh, I knew it. The game I knew it. Changed. 
The blame change. Damn it! Can't play Marcus anymore. Leave my guy alone, man. Leave my guy alone. He doesn't belong here. It was some magic right there. That we just got a whole new blame pie, just like that, on on demand. Yeah, Marcus looks like a guy who told us to shut the f up, doesn't he? I love it. That's my guy. That's my guy. I love my guy. I can't figure out why he would. That's the look he gave Max. I think. I think that's that's my guy. Damn. All right. Well, I'm not. I'm not taking oh, well, it down until we get your answers. Look, Who gets the slice? I'm. I'm going to give a big slice to our good friend Drew. Um, okay. More. More so than than Jalen, only because you know the job. Part of Drew's job in this game was to slow down Shea Gilgis Alexander yeah. a little bit, and he didn't do that. And yeah. you know, offensively. <laughs> He missed a lot of. I, I thought he. I thought he missed opportunities. Not so much missed shots, but missed opportunities to put his imprint in a positive way in this game. And Jalen just had a bad game. Um, but but Jalen, if you start really breaking down like the season to in terms of good Jalen and bad Jalen games, mm-hmm. the good obviously out significantly outweighs the bad. Whereas Drew, it's a little bit closer to the Mendoza line between the good. Yeah, who's doing it? Oh, it's has got on the rain all over. Oh, I hate y'all. I, I hate all. I of thought y'all. it was Jimmy, but I was like, no, this is all. I wasn't doing gonna it. do it, but I'm glad. I hate all of you all. <laughs> oh, is this you? Is this Jimmy? No, I'm into this one. It is of it, all right. But I was thinking it for sure. I'm gonna send this to John. Yeah, put that on a put that on a t-shirt. Exactly, John's John's, blame pie. John's James blame pie. It's more than any other. I'm really excited to go back and watch this game because there was definitely a lot of pulling tug between the coaches here. Good adjustments on both sides. I think the Thunder caught the. uh, I thought they thought they got to caught the Celtics off guard with some things they did. Mm-hmm. I thought the Celtics did some really good things late in this game uh, to make it close. And we've mentioned a few of them. So this to me, there's been a few losses this year. I've hated the magic one. Certainly the indie one really wasn't great in the tournament. Uh, the Hornets yeah. one was just despicable. But as we've mentioned here tonight, this game shouldn't have gotten out of hand. But this isn't a horrible loss to this team, especially at the end of a road trip here. And, you know, the schedule is not going to get any easier. So we'll see where this takes them. Right. The Jazz have caught fire in a way I really didn't notice. They're coming up on Friday. You got the Wolves and Bucks back-to-back next week. You have two games against the Pacers this mm-hmm. weekend back-to-back, which is always challenging. So this yeah. could be maybe the toughest two-week stretch of the Celtics this year uh, after a couple you know, easy ones against the Spurs you know, and some other teams. Yeah, on my watch list, along with our good friend Drew Holiday, is is Joe Missoula because I think this upcoming stretch is going to say a lot about where he has grown as a coach. Because you're playing teams that are feisty, teams that are talented, teams that are going to force you to get out of whatever comfort zone you're in as a coach. I thought he did a great job of tonight not leaning on his comfort zone, which was let's go with the fourth quarter Drew Holiday binky, uh, even though it's not really working for us. Uh, and he got out of that. He And he went with Peyton, which I thought was a great adjustment on his part. Is he going to make similar moves when if, if, if Jalen Brown is, is struggling with the shot? Would you go with a Sam Hauser for a little bit longer if Sam is maybe having positive impact while he's in the game? Uh, is he willing to do that type of stuff? Those are the, to me, that's where you start making that 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 legitimate, tangible evolution from being a pretty good coach to a really good coach. Because really good coaches are not going to get in the feelings of themselves or their players if he has to sit a, a max player. If you're a max player and you're not playing a max player kind of game, 
and a guy making a third or a tenth of what you're making is playing better, he's going to play. He's going to play more minutes. And it was great to see Joe step out and do something along those lines tonight with Pritchard over Drew. And I'd be interested to see how he's going to handle that going forward with with a Jalen Brown or, or, you know, a Porzingis or or, or even a Tatum. Those are the the kind of things that Joe, he's got to be better at. Uh, And he's going to get opportunities, I think, in the next four or five games to kind of really put that particular potential growth spurt of his to use. Right. That's a great point, Sherrod, especially uh, in this game, like you mentioned, you know, against SGA where you you needed your – you know, your QB one, so to speak, to to have one of those games, you know, yeah. like like Bobby said, it's a, a lot of the success of this team on the offensive end of the floor. Drew's been a part of that. And whether it's, you know, being the facilitator and getting guys doing those hockey assists and all that. And, mm-hmm. and that's been great. But it's it's been the defensive side of things where it's like, man, like that's what's really making this team. T- you know what I mean? That backcourt as tough as it is with him and Derek White. And that's what we were so excited to see is obviously it's been a success, especially on that end of the floor. But this was one of those tests where you're like, you, you were really hoping you, you get a, a classic duel. And it wasn't quite that, even though Southern did make it interesting in that fourth quarter. We didn't quite get that back and forth that, that we, we thought we would get. And I think right. Drew Holiday, um, if he was able to to find his offense just off the strength of, of, of defensive stops and all that, we would have, I think we'd get a, a, a much better performance out of him. But, you know, the way SGA got going, I think probably discouraged him and it just really, he couldn't find his rhythm. But yeah, like you said, Sherrod, credit to Joe Mazzula because that's the kind of decision you have to make because you you know what you were what you needed from him in this game. And he knew it. Okay, I'm not getting it. And I'm getting some of that energy. I'm getting a, a guy who's impacting the game in Pritchard. I'm riding the hot hand. And he did it the the entire way. He didn't he didn't falter, you know what I mean, in that second, I mean, the, uh, the two-minute mark or at any point down the stretch, he's, he's stuck with it. So, yeah, I credit him for doing that for sure. And this was a little bit different for uh, Pritchard to get minutes because he wasn't putting up big numbers in terms of points and things like that, but he was dropping dimes, uh, had, I think, one turnover, four assists. And the, to me, you know, plus minus is always misleading, but when you're on the road and you're playing a team that, for the most part, is playing better than you, uh, if you're able to have a good plus minus, which he did, he was plus nine when he was on the floor, uh, better than any other Celtic. Uh, and, and to me, that this that was one of the few times where that stat actually meant something because it meant that when he was out there, he was doing positive things or the team as a group was doing positive things. And in a game like this on the road against a team that good where your one of your best players is not playing well, actually a couple of your best players aren't playing mm-hmm. particularly well. Uh, having someone who can come in there and give you a little bit of spark with their their play and their presence and, and their potential, yeah, it was good to see. So, and, 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 uh, go ahead, Bobby. I'm I'm reading the Globe, and I I don't think they mentioned this on the broadcast tonight, but uh, there was someone missing on the Celtics tonight. Who? Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell. He's a little under the weather. Yeah, missed tonight's yep. game with an illness. I'm sure yep. that didn't help. No, it did not. Now we're talking about Pritchard. Other than Pritchard, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, what else? What else, Bobby? Okay. Little, little, little tidbit from Bobby. Pay attention. Oh no, Bobby. I was laughing the way the way Jimmy said. No, it did not. As if like you were, like, <laughs> like you were generally mad at Sam. Like, nope, it didn't Sam. It didn't help us at all tonight. Like. <laughs> yeah, Be less sick. No, all right, guys, um, again, sick around the league. I just wanted to follow up on the on just the Pritchard talk with just it. It was a great call by Joe. I don't think Joe had many other options tonight. When you when you talk about 
the lack of production he got from his bigs. Uh, Horford, I don't want to say it, Bobby, but I'm going to say it. Cornette didn't do himself any favors tonight. Uh, no, those we, double big combos really didn't work here. No, This is not a good team for that. No, I was going to say, it's not one of those, uh, you could have used some Kata in there. I don't, I don't think this is this was that night. No, Al and, and Porzingis is the best, you know, double big combination you could use. I don't think any other double big combination the Celtics could put out there would have been impactful. But he, didn't go to, but he didn't go to Horford late either because obviously he was. Al wasn't very good. Right. right. Yeah. So it's it a like, tricky team to go small with, too, because you have to replace somebody if you're going to go small. And that's what they did right. with Holiday here. You, you, yeah. you could go three guards, but then you're leaving out Brown or Tatum. Uh, so. Yeah. They're not that small ball team that can go to this look like some of those Brad Stevens teams were back then. Uh, so they're going to be big with the personnel they have more often than not. And that's going to be a challenge against the smaller, quicker teams like the Thunder. And, you know, it's a good it's a good little preview of this trade deadline that's just over a month away here where I think the Celtics are going to have to look for a guy who can bridge their bigger and smaller lineups a little bit more. And I know you guys get sick of hearing it, but I still think they've missed Grant this year. Like this is a this would have been a good Grant game to have him mm. out there at the four, play a little bit you more go. small, a little bit more flexible. You drink. So you know, can you find your <laughs> can you find your Grant type or even Wine just a the wing? Wine from the I'll, bottle. I was going to say we call those forties back in my day, Jimmy. <laughs> I got the other one taped. No, Jimmy, my I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that earlier. I was like, what no, are you this, is water. this is water, everybody. This is the mountain. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bottle. New Year's yeah. is over. Yeah, you literally oh, you yeah. pulled out of a brown I'm bag. Detox, brown paper bro. bag. I'm on, I'm, like, I'm on detox. I was like, damn, Jimmy, Jimmy rocking a forty up in this phone. <laughs> oh, you ever play Edward Forty Hands back in the day, Shiraz? Shiraz was like, is that a <laughs> is that a Colt Forty Five? Yeah, got exactly. <laughs> no. You won't see me drinking any alcoholic beverages on this show. <laughs> this week. Pause the tape. I got people still DM me asking me for the clips of, of, of those shows from the past. I gotta go find that one. We're not gonna we're not gonna do that up. Bobby's right. like going into the archives right as we speak. I think we've yeah. I think we've beat this this that'll, uh, that'll reemerge at some point. I think we've beat this game up enough, boys, and we're gonna we're gonna shut it down in a few. But before we do Old friend Gordon Hayward made the news a little bit yeah. this week. Uh, yeah. Rematch April third on the podcast. P. Man, uh, real quick, I love. I'm loving these podcasts by these uh, by these by these players. Are you? Man. I have the opposite take. <laughs> you like I didn't, it? didn't like it. It's not that I don't like it. It's interesting, and I totally get it, and I'm cool with it. I just feel like if you're, I don't want to go on a tangent, but if you're Paul George. Don't you have bigger and better things to do right now? Oh, you mean current players? Oh, I got you, got you. Yeah, current yeah. players. Yeah, that's not like, like you gotta be in the gym have... every second of every game. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm saying, like, like you well, just went four for episodes, is he? Players who go like four for nineteen from the field, and then you have this podcast you know, on, and you don't say a damn thing about the fact that you just went four for nineteen last night, yeah. as if that didn't happen. As yeah, if that's not to, news. They're talking to Evan yeah. Turner, like, so as how you been, man? As if Paul George hasn't won a damn thing in his career, like maybe. 
he's like, one of contracts, Jimmy. He's he's, yeah, he's a cool. winner in my eyes. He's got he's probably got <laughs> he's better. Big I can guarantee you, he's got better podcast equipment than I have. That is for sure. I can guarantee you that. No, you know, you know who's a you know who's you know who's trending right now. If you ask me, man, Jeff Teague, man. Oh, no, listen, this, man. Dude, he's his storytelling. One, one of one of the few disappointments <laughs> I have was that I did not talk more to Jeff Teague. Yo, he is I hysterical. Could get this man was a Celtic. I know, man. right? I, I didn't yeah. know. That was the COVID year, though, wasn't it? It was tough to talk to guys that year. I feel like no. Jeff. I feel like Jeff Teague just had like a like it was a relatively high yeah, uh, yeah, NBA yeah, player. Right. Like he yeah. had a great career. You know, did oh, he didn't. He was <laughs> average. He was an <laughs> average NBA player, and I respect that. No, he was that. above average. He was above average. Yo, that LeBron story had me in tears. Man. What are you but talking about? He was him? He's so funny as hell, man. Oh, the story. I mean, he, the story he told about Jimmy Butler. Well, yeah, that was oh, yeah, that, that was. one's all time story about him and the uh, the Timberwolves. But but anyway, Jimmy, what did what did Gordon say? Let's talk about anyways, that. back to back to the anyways, Paul George, like less podcast, more like how about Winston? Come on, we yeah. won't get we won't get nuggets like this. Yeah. So anyways, Gordon Hayward, old old friend here, former Boston Celtic, jumped on the podcast, and I didn't. Admittedly, I have not listened to the whole podcast, but there's been a couple clips going around on Hayward specifically talking about the 2018-2019 team, and he goes into a little bit of detail on the problems that they had and why they came up short. Essentially, too many guys wants, too many guys wanted to be the guy, yeah. and even though they all had – Including himself. Stuff, including himself, mm-hmm. and, and everyone right. had their own reasons for doing so. I think Hayward said he was coming off – obviously, he was coming off that big injury. Right. Wanted to show that he still had it. Kyrie Irving was, you know, coming off of, I think, some sort of injury and just coming off of being Kyrie well, Irving. Right after LeBron. Yeah. yeah, right. Coming off of being Kyrie Irving, you still want to be Kyrie Irving. You had Tatum, Brown, and and Rozier. You're emerging. Were the emerging stars, wanted to prove themselves. And we all know Rozier wanted to, you know, be <laughs> in a much bigger role. And get well, he's trying to build off of what happened in the playoffs. I don't blame right, him. Right. Where he yeah, when, you made, when, he, when he made Bledsoe disappear like that, when oh, I step yeah. back three yeah. – and and yeah, you remember sure, Drew Bledsoe pulled up the team <laughs> garden, man. Like that was a thing. Like that was, too good. That was and it was great. It was they supposed to make a wine together or something, but sorry, but, go ahead. No, no, I mean, but but it was it was it was cool to hear this, but I don't think anyone's surprised to hear it. I think we well, all knew it. We, we all we, we all knew that. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know, Hayward, you know, I I don't know how much he got into it, and I don't know if he would want to get into it, but his injury complicated. A lot of things uh, because yeah. no longer could you put him in the category of being better than Jalen, better than Tatum, because an injured Hayward, even at that point, was not as good as Tatum and Brown. And they knew that. And right. that was part of their frustration. Like, why am I taking a backseat to this dude who much respect to what he's done in his career? But right now I'm better than him. Man. And if I'm better than yeah. him, why? Why am I splitting time? Why am I not doing it? So I understand exactly what he's talking about. But. Let's just put it in full context. The fact that that injury, and it was a horrible injury for those of us who were there witnessing it. I mean, it was one of the worst injuries I've ever heard. Okay. And that was the thing. That, the, you heard it, it. You heard the thud. Oh, yeah. You, you heard if, that. And in Cleveland, where our seats were, they were pretty damn far away from the court, and you could hear that thud. Yeah. So, the but that being said, that injury complicated the timeline and, and the context and just the relationships of all the players on that team. Because right. now all of a sudden the guy that you had in your one or two slot 
really talent-wise was probably four or five, and yet you were still treating him as if he was a one or two. And for young guys like Jalen and Jason, I I totally understand why they want more responsibility because they, again, they practice with this guy afterwards. They they know what he can do and what he can't do. And and you, if you watch him play, it was pretty obvious that he was not the same player. He wasn't that dude that you saw in Utah that if you slept on him for a possession, he would dunk on your dome. He was not that dude anymore. Um, and again, the, his last year in Utah, I literally watched every single game he played on NBA League Pass because I knew that was a guy that that they were going to target. So mm-hmm. I made a point of watching every single game he played. And him and I had conversations about a lot of the different games because I watched them all. That guy was not what Boston got uh, after he was hurt. And and, and it's, it's sad and it's disappointing because he really, I thought, was on path to be one of the – be an all-time great. When you think about his size, his ability to shoot, put it on the floor, dunk on you on your dome if you're not careful. But the injury took a lot of that away, and he's become, he's been a shell of himself since. So his point about guys having lots of different agendas totally makes sense. Totally makes sense because he wanted to get back to where he was, and Tatum and Brown are like, we're trying to get to where we're going to be. Right. And Kyrie was just Kyrie. We don't know what the hell he Ky- wanted to do. Kyrie was mentioned here, but there's no doubt there were some implications there. But as we've talked about too, it wasn't all Kyrie. I all mean, right. I think that was a very difficult year for Terry Roger, and he probably didn't handle it the way he wanted to, uh, especially coming off the starting role he had on the run to the East Finals. I know Hayward mentioned some of the young guys there, and that was, you know, I think Kyrie's big gripe there too is the way, you know, they carried themselves coming off the East Finals run. Like they figured it all out. And you know, I saw some of the feedback here being that Brown and, you know, Tatum, they should have just let those guys roll. But those guys weren't who they are now. Like, right. they had to go through that. They had to go through figuring out on their own. And they had a lot of disappointments that followed this, even though they might have proven to be the best players on that group, uh, you know, when they come came out into their primes here. So it was a tough mix. You even just look at the kind of players that were on that team. A ton of wings, uh, a bunch of packed backcourt. Danny Ainge and you know he ended up out of a job two years after this probably should have done more to tinker with that roster mid-season seeing how it was going uh, yeah. especially Roger who was going to inevitably leave he wouldn't trade Kyrie despite all the writing on the wall uh, I think they waited until the last second praying he would stay and then you know of course he made his departure to Brooklyn and even Al Horford they let him go for nothing after this season which was just a disaster and i think al getting out of there even though he got paid certainly i think said a lot to you know what the situation was in the room that year and you know i i saw himmel's back talk to um you know tatum about this at at uh you know the pregame or shoot around whatever this morning and uh tatum agreed that it was just a terrible year like that was just an awful (laughs) you know result but it wasn't interpersonal stuff it was all on court chemistry issues and, you know, Joe Sway always talks about the, um, you know, Orlando game with Kyrie and Hayward getting into it on the final play there. That was his emblematic. Kyrie anything. jumping up and down like a little kid. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Lost his shit. That was so funny to me seeing that. Yeah, that was crazy. Yo, shout out to ESPN, though. They put my video on SportsCenter. But anyways, <laughs> yo, Orlando's the only place where you, you get those seats right underneath the basket for the media. Mm-hmm. But you're, almost, you're almost right next to the photographers. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, you know, what Sherrod said, I think it's, it's spot on, especially when you think about um, 
what the, the the plan was, right? And Hayward talked about that in this podcast. It was the first couple of years, Kyrie and Hayward were supposed to guide that group. And obviously Tatum and Brown were going to find their way. And the injury obviously changed all of that. But once you got that taste of success in the form of Eastern Conference finals, making it as far as they did, you know, it, it obviously changed things. It changed guys' mindset coming into the season. And everyone just sort of assumed that, oh, with all this talent, everyone's healthy. It's all going to come together. Well, basketball doesn't work that way, especially when you have guys who have their own agendas. And I felt like that was the case, you know, and it's a tough spot. You know, you you, you can turn and say, like a lot of people were saying around that time, looking at Brad Stevens and saying, oh, well, it's tight relationship with Gordon Hayward that goes that dates back to when Hayward was in high school. Why is he forcing the issue here? OK, well, at the same time, though. You want to give the guy a chance to get back somewhere close to who he was, and you had to play him, right? You had to yeah. try to see that process through and see what's at the end of the other side of it. And clearly, it didn't look good, you know, going into that playoff series with with that with the um, you know the bubble and even the year before that or the year after rather. So I just feel like it, it, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, it didn't plan out the way obviously the way these guys wanted it to. But you look you look back at it, and I don't think you say, you know, man, you wish something's gave Hayward more of a shot or you wish things were different in the sense of, uh, you know, it wasn't going to be like this because Hayward just hasn't been the same player ever since. So it's unfortunate, yeah. but the Celtics were able to uh, sort of rebuild on the fly the way they did and trading Rozier and turning into, you know, um, Kemba Walker and then having to move on from that. So it's been a lot of – looking back on it, it's impressive the way uh, Danny Ainge was able to keep this team relevant, especially with these guys still in the mix, still in the fold and, and Tatum and Brown. Yeah, with with again, and it just it's just another example of how how difficult it is to build a a team that will actually win the championship because you can put a bunch of talent out there, but they have to be able to play together. They all have to have the right mindset, and we all know mm-hmm. about that. You know, the the Celtics teams from 07, 08, and they they were at the point in their career where their their agenda was to win a championship, mm-hmm. and the the players, you know, the rookies and the younger guys they didn't have a big enough say to screw that up for the, for the KG Pierce Ray. And then they brought in more veterans who had the same mentality. So you really have to do find guys and find a situation that makes sense. So that's a difficulty. I don't think this Celtics team has anything close to those uh, issues. I think, I think there does seem to be, um, you know, obviously there's a good mix of veterans uh, now because you've got some of these guys who have been in the league. uh, Some of the same players that we're talking about uh, on this team are, are a lot older now and, uh, They've been through the highs and the lows of, of the career, and I think they are more interested. I would hope, at least, that they are more interested in winning a championship. At least they say that. And then you've got the veterans. Obviously, Holiday's done it already. Porzingis mm-hmm. has been to the lowest of lows, and we can see just what winning does for him. So um, you can see where his priorities lie. So I don't think they're going to have, or they do have, those issues, not even close. And, and again, I think Hayward said they had, like, a bunch of players only meetings uh, that year too, to try to hash things out and everybody said the right things, but actually doing them uh, was a whole nother story. Yeah. So, so anyways, that was interesting and um, figured we'd, we'd chat about that before we head out. Any, any last, uh, any last comments boys before we, we call it on the game or, or anything else? I know the Celtics play Utah on Friday back home at the TD garden. So we have a couple of days off before that one. 
Looking forward to that game. Um, it, it's it's a different kind of test uh, than what they saw tonight. Tonight, you know, they, they played a team that's among the best in the league, and that's a challenge. And then you're going to a youth, playing a Utah team that's not quite on the same level. Uh, so are they going to have that edge that they need to beat them? And, you know, a, a chance to see Will Hardy, the head coach of Utah, is, you know, he's really – again, that was the Derek White whisper before – Air all yes. of us got on the. He, he, I mean, I just remember when they made the trade with San Antonio, and I was talking with Will about that. And so much of the things that you hear people talk about now about Derek White, as far as potential as a shot maker, or a guy that can play multiple positions, really good defender. You haven't really seen how good a defender he's going to be just yet. Will was talking about this stuff, but like literally on the way to picking Derek up at the airport because that's how tight they were. He was literally the guy that picked Derek White up at the airport. And uh, it'll be good to see him. Good to see our good friend Kelly Olenek, um, who, you know, I I haven't looked at his numbers recently, but Kelly was on like a 50-40. He was on a 60-50-90 track. Uh, okay. In terms of, of of shooting from the field Damn. and free throw lines, yeah. uh, he's he's probably cooled off a little bit since then. But it'll be good to see him uh, as well. Uh, it's it's been, too. Yeah, they've been connected to him each of the last two years here. Uh, yeah, excited. I was going to say it was those numbers that uh, I think sparked those uh, reports. Yeah, yeah. So. That's All a right. good team. Good coach too. Yeah, that'll be yeah. fun. Yeah, I mean that'll be interesting. I want to see how they uh, how they defend the Celtics with Porzingis in the mix, and you know um, how they're able to bounce back from this. Because typically, uh, Celtics they usually give you a, a stellar performance after a game like this. So I don't think it'll be any different. But with help with uh, Will Hardy on the on the other end, uh, I'm I'm curious to see how how he defends or how he uh, uh, how their offensive approach will be, especially with um, uh, Kelly in there and and um, marking his back and all that. So. But, um, yeah, maybe we'll get a close game. But if not, I, I'd probably predict the Celtics will, will, will win this one. That's a back-to-back, too. So it'll be interesting how they handle the rest there with uh, mm-hmm. Porzingis, who's missed three straight back-to-backs, and Horford, of course, who doesn't play in them. Do well, they go win. with the rest night on the front end against the West team, against Utah there, maybe, because Indiana's on the second half there, travel mm-hmm. game. I don't know. Be yeah, they got, they, they got a they got a packed schedule coming up here, guys. I don't know. They have to be creative with the when they when they seat uh, sit guys because after fr- so you got Friday, then you you've got the next one Saturday against the Pacers, Monday against the Pacers, both on the road. Come back to Boston for a big one against the Timberwolves. That's the first night of a back to back, and then you've got the Bucks on the back. That end Bucks of that. game's a monster on the back to back. Yeah, so you've got you've got a mm-hmm. tough stretch of games coming up here. You might want to flip the script and just go all in on that Bucks game and just play your guys because uh, yeah. that's on the that's on the back end of the back to back, right? So yeah. that means you get so that means you get the next day off. You do. So, then you I get the Rockets, so, which is yeah. another day off. Ooh, email. He, he may return. return. He <laughs> return. I will absolutely be in the building for that one. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> I might have to go to that one. Too. That one's going to be kind of saucy. That yeah, one's going to be a good game. I wonder if it's going to be cheers. What do you? Uh, we'll, we'll, we're not even going to talk about it right now. It's too many. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, table what? that. We'll table Make that. But I want to say once again, Should thank we you. No. Oh, that's a good. Did Joe? Did Joe say switch? Wow. Yeah, I don't think wonder, so. What a, what a, what a trolling comment that was from Joe Sway. <laughs> Hopefully it's a tribute video and not something else. All right, anyways. <laughs> we'll be uh, <laughs> fanduel.com slash Boston. 
get $150 in bonus bets when you place a winning $5 money line bet. That's a flagrant foul, Jimmy. That was a flagrant foul. And then HelloFresh. Great play. Our friends at HelloFresh, guys. HelloFresh.com slash CLNSFree. Use code CLNSFree and get breakfast for life. We're going to say bye before... We say the wrong things. Anyway. <laughs> <press this. laughs> see you guys. Yeah, we'll see you guys Friday. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>